in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Tune in tonight, 6.45 pregame, 7.15 tip. Oh, the UNLV basketball team opens its season against Southern. John Sandler and Curtis Terry has the call here on ESPN. Once again, 6.45 pregame, 7.15 tip-off. Kevin Kruger begins his second year as the coach of your UNLV Rebels. All right. Uh, I I guess we got to mention him. I don't like to do this, but the cheating Astros won it all. Jordan Alvarez with the three-run go-ahead at homer to clinch it. Um Two questions. Mm-hmm. Four of six last, four of the six last World Series. They've won twice now. We don't count the first one. Um, are they a dynasty? And will and will? I'm not saying this is a Dodger fan, but I'm saying as a Dodger fan, can they ever win anything in the foreseeable future and not be considered cheaters? No, no. That's a that's a black spot that's going to permeate for for a long time and. That's ultimately the the big cost of of doing that particular business, right? Even though you could say, well, uh, years have passed. We've had the the players, no punishment. Everything's done and said. We all know what happened. And that's something you can't scrub away. And so every championship, I don't know if they're a dynasty because like you said, they've just won one legitimate championship. If we're handing out legacy trophies for people that just make the World Series, why not put Tampa Bay in there? You know, there's plenty of teams that are right there. So I'm going to disagree with you slightly, and it's How mostly based on Spygate. Like everyone declaring, ah, the Patriots are cheaters. Well, after after a while, it's just like, they may have cheated on a couple of them, but dear God, could someone stop them? But here's the thing about, of that, about that. Derpy uh, Eli Manning. The best thing that the Patriots ever did was just have another scandal and then have another scandal and then have another scandal because then it's you don't blame it on Spygate. You just blame it on the most recent one. And so it's legitimized in a different way. You want to know what makes me sick? Dodgers are the early favorites to win the World Series next year. It it's is, like, you know what? It's just best team money can buy. Oh, man. Well. We're gonna we're gonna spend some more money. Dusty Tamay is gonna be back throwing some fire. <laughs> Dusty Tamay, love that guy's pitching motion. I saw a Talk free a agent. Kick. I saw a free agent upgrade the other day of who each team will likely sign. Yeah, you see you see who they said for the Doyers? No, Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom. That's a big swing. It's a Are big swing when the guy has been hurt. Yeah, well, wouldn't be the first time. And you may get uh, you may get your other uh, the Dodgers may get their other pitcher back eventually, right? Who? That's right. Silence. <laughs> the guy who is currently on administrative leave. For, oh, that uh, one. You know what? I, oh, I, 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 oh, I thought that you gave, you were giving me the look like no, move on. No, I totally forgot no, okay, about TB. What's his name again? TB. Trevor Bauer. Yeah, Trevor I have thoughts, but I don't know if time, this is the time no, to share. No, it. it was it was mostly just a joke to rib Ed, and he gave me the look. So I like he's done, isn't he? Oh, he has to be with his nonsense. Yeah, well, Deshaun Watson exists. That it's more true. of a, it's not it's just, just the it's not just the what he did. It's the time away from the game because it's a lot of time for you not to be competing. Like, yeah, what, is he what? pitching on the side? Is he pitching to high school kids? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't I, want him around high school kids. Yeah, I would probably <laughs> keep him away from those establishments, but you know. Bookmakers on Saturday <laughs> forked over with press box transition. 
<laughs> Bookmakers on Saturday forked over what's believed to be the largest payout in sports betting history, $75 million to our favorite Texas furniture store owner, Jim Mattress Mac. As if we know any other furniture owners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Texas guy. Who's the little tiny, like, uh, marionette that sits on uh, furniture? J.G. Wentworth. No, that's... What? Damn it. That's a structured settlement. Sorry, I'm just going with jingles. <laughs> Usually the furniture stores have jingles. Bob's Discount. Bob's Discount. That's the only other furniture company I yeah, know. Yeah, Ikea doesn't really count. Now, this guy, I mean, everything goes back into the business, but the yeah. amount of money he bets on these on these teams and these, these outcomes. Great marketing. No, it's great. He is, yep. I mean, Mattress Mac... Our paper's done so much on him. Todd Dewey's done a great job following all these bets and everything. Yeah. But you're exactly right. The the marketing that this guy has allowed himself every in the year. Houston area and everywhere else. Every championship, he's in the news of, like, taking his private jet to Colorado and not leaving the tarmac just so he can place the bet on his phone. Like, first of all, Texas is like, get get some gambling money in yeah, here. Exactly. We need some help. With it's not like guy, he doesn't have any shortcomings governmental-wise. Yeah. Might actually be able to rebuild your... Uh... Electrical, electrical grid. Yeah, <laughs> correct. My God. Those are great. That's that's another great question. All right. You and I talked about this before the show. The Bruins signed 20-year-old defenseman uh, who was convicted in 2016 of abusing a black classmate who had developmental disability to an entry-level contract. Mitchell Miller. Mitchell Miller, 22-year-old defenseman who admitted in court to bullying a fellow student while using racial language. Uh, okay. I, take us through the. They, they've since released him because they you know released what? They them last have, night. They should have never signed him in the beginning. Correct. Uh, Nick Felino. It's not something in this room stands for. The culture we built and these guys have built. Before I got here is one of inclusion. I think it goes against that. He added, "This is hard for us to swallow." Now, Bettman came out. I think before they released him, and said, "Look, he's not playing in the NHL, or you'd have to appeal to us." Right. It just doesn't look like we'd allow him to play. And apparently, the Bruins met with some other henchmen and said that well, Gary would have to meet with them before that would be cleared. But Gary already got ahead of it, so he could you know virtue signal and all that stuff because hockey has just mm. probably one of the worst reps when it comes to being a decent human being and creating a culture that fosters other people to want to be better. Uh, for other people, but the Boston Bruins as a team uh, are, are a great example of the opposite of that. Their organization, however, is just like everybody else. And my favorite part of the release from uh, Bruins president Cam Neely, who said this morning, this is the biggest regret of his uh, career, is that you could, you could find this statement online. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the final paragraph, finally, as a father, Oh, God. I think uh. there is a lesson to be learned here for other young people, as if the old people don't need their own lessons to be learned as well. Be mindful of careless behaviors and going with the group mentality of hurting others. The repercussions can be felt for a lifetime. No S, Sherlock. I, it's, I'm glad that it quickly kind of rectified itself. The damage has been done. I'm very enthused of hearing from the players about how many people in the Boston fan base reached out. There was so much mail going into their system about basically condemning this move that the automated message system got right. triggered. And so there's progress there. But ultimately, they didn't talk to the kid who, who was bullied in the, at all. They no, didn't talk they didn't, to the family. They didn't, interview him they didn't at even all. Google it. They didn't even go on Wikipedia because all of this stuff has been available to these teams. This kid was drafted by the the Arizona Coyotes and they got hell for it, as they should. 
Like there are certain things that you just can't come back from. And so that's why you need to teach your kids and kids need to be on the lookout for situations that could put you in a compromising position for the rest of your life because one mistake can define that for you because it has certainly defined uh, it for Isaiah. So I obviously I don't know very much about this story. Um, did the did the guy that the Bruins signed and then eventually released show any sort of like remorse? No, or- no, he's been told to like reach out and apologize several times, and he didn't do so until the Bruins prompted him to do it. You know what he did? Reached did out on Instagram. on Instagram. He reached out on Instagram. Jesus, but that's what I mean. It's it's there's a permissibility in this culture, and I talk about it a lot. I harp on it a lot because it is so toxic. And like I said, there's progress with seeing guys come back and, and denounce this and saying this is not what we want to be part of our organization. I mean, they had they had Patrice Bergeron with Elliot Friedman in a sit-down interview instead of the, the front office themselves. Just complete cowardice. Complete and cowardice. You, know, you made a great point before the show about Bruce Cassidy and his teams in Boston yeah. and whether you think if it was any other team in this league, maybe even the Golden Knights, because they haven't played for him very there's long. There's not the same pushback. There's, there's not, not the same pushback from other teams that Bruce Cassidy with these kind of incidences no. had in Boston. And yeah. I wonder, I mean, what about that culture and those players uh, allowed them to do that in, in the past and now uh, here? Is it Cassidy? Did he I think it's Cassidy and it's, Ber- it's Bergeron. I think it's Bergeron. And Cassidy talks about that accountability, and so many coaches talk about it too. And that's just the concept, but when you actually put it in practice, that means holding yourself to a higher standard. That means when you see something that's going on or something that's being said, you call it out and you say your piece and, and how wrong it is. And that's what Bergeron did. I mean, that's what I asked Cassidy about when he first was hired here because they were the only team that came out after the Kyle Beach incident and said, as a team, we watched his interview with Rick Westhead and talked about it. Like, nobody else I heard anything from about that to that nature. Maybe they watched it individually, but they took it as a team thing to do because that's the responsible thing to do as a decent human being. And decency is something that is in very short supply. Maybe that rubs off in the Golden Knights. Maybe it does, but it has to be bought in from everybody else. It has to be, that's not okay with me even though I might get you know, a few slaps on the back, a few chuckles, because ultimately you get a group of, what, five or six people together, people start acting a lot differently. You know Mark Stone. Is I Mark do. Stone... Not personally, but I know how he has stanced himself. Is Mark Stone Bergeron in this situation? Do you think he would be like him? That's a difficult question for me to answer because they've never been put in that situation. I would like to think that Mark Stone. You'd like to think. I'd like to think a lot of those guys. Mark Stone, a lot of the team leaders. I would too, too, but you never, you never know until you're in that situation. And there, there has to be a different level of emotional investment. And hockey is a game that teaches you to disassociate from your body, disassociate from emotions, at least the ones that don't help you push to get through your next shift or to push the puck across the line. And so. It's more about a question of humanity, and I'm not doubting it within the Golden Knights, and I hope that they never get tested in this way because I no, you don't want you don't want it to have to happen. But no. if it did, I'm trying to think of that team. I almost think more Marcia so. Yeah, uh, he's a little more outspoken, uh, a little more opinions. Um, and Stone's the captain. I get that, and he has to deal with the media. That's part of being a captain. Yep. But I almost think in these situations, Bergeron would be Marcia. So. Is it about winning over everything else? Because that's the common denominator. Because we're we are, will excuse whatever as long as you help us in that goal. Uh, this is come like only tangentially like similar. Well, not even similar. But we did see that when Ryan Reeves took a knee, the yeah. guy who went with him was Robin Leonard. So nobody else did though. Right. So that 
even though he's not currently with the team, I'm like, Robin Litter's been the most outspoken. There's even. support behind closed doors and then there's support out in public. Yeah. There's different yeah, levels there's of different performance. Levels of support. And right. when you're willing to perform at your highest level in that, in that case, usually that means you've done the work and continue to do the work of what accountability and what responsibility is yeah. as a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh, Speaking of the Raiders, the Green Bay Packers were unable to pull off a deal a last Tuesday's NFL trade deadline. The Packers made aggressive attempts to acquire Pittsburgh Steelers receiver Chase Claypool and Las Vegas tight end Darren Waller. League sources told ESPN Green Bay offered two draft picks, a second rounder, another late rounder for Claypool. Apparently, when it came to Waller, they tried to get Waller in the Devontae Adams deal. Apparently, when it came yep. to Waller, the uh, the giveback was not enough for the Raiders, so they held on to him. All right, let me ask you this. They offered a second and a late rounder. Let's just assume it's a sixth or seventh to Pittsburgh for Claypool. If you're the Raiders, do you take that for Waller? I mean, second? it's always tough because you're like, he's our starting tight end or any starting player. Like, how could it be anything less than like a first round pick? But he's also been injured and there hasn't exactly been like uh, an example of longevity of performance. And so I don't want to help the Green Bay Packers in any way, shape, or form. I'm not giving up on a guy that has been such a huge part of our culture and our locker room in Darren Waller. It would take a lot more to do that. But if, Who would go to the Aces games? Seriously, though. Seriously. Tom Brady probably would. I mean, a few other people. Not everything would collapse, yeah. but, like, I would. But, um, you know, it, it certainly is telling about what they – currently think they have in their locker room what their expectations are and also don't want to make too many big moves too early can uh, shorten your leash a lot quicker than it usually would all right when we come back it's college football unlv falls to san diego state but those dreams are still in front of them amazingly so mariota throws out left sideline london and that ball is ripped out of his hands chargers have it khalil mack still on his feet all the way out to midfield, the 49 DJ. He walked up to Drake London <laughs> and just said, I'll be taking that. Thank you. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. The one and only Adam Hill at 830. He'll talk to one us about only. San Diego State UNLV. <laughs> he was there for the Review Journal. And then, obviously, the Raiders covers him on a daily basis. Tyler Bischoff, we think, is joining us at 930. He has some kind of problems with planes out there. Doesn't know if his flight will be on time, so he's supposed to be with us at 930. The key question for Tyler Bischoff at 930, when the Astros won, did you cry? Yes. Will he be honest with us? I'm not sure about that. I, know. I mean, he's been very honest with us lately, especially well, that is involving... true about his health. There are some yeah. things about the health that... Uh, he, but maybe that's, that's, a, that's a front to, to hide some other things. Like, if you're willing to go there, yeah, I'd be like, look at this hand over here. Now, this one, you don't even want to know what's going on. I think Tyler's the type of guy that just says the truth genuinely because it's the easiest thing to remember. That's probably oh, true. That's a good like, that's he's, a good point. That's a good point. That's a really good point. But he doesn't pull punches, so. Yeah, it's just a basic pragmatism of, yeah, that happened. Yes. I can't remember all these lies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's a yeah. real vasectomy. I've, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got. <laughs> No, I, I, it's not even that he can't remember all these lies. It's he's got so many random DVOAs and yeah, numbers insane. bouncing around yeah. in his head, and got too much true information. Corsi. Uh, put in the false. Corsi, exactly. Maybe you could explain that to me. I still don't get it. Oh, oh he did that one time as a Bischoff's briefs explaining Corsi, and I like genuinely afterwards was like, I got it now. I got it. Two hours later, 
Yeah. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> yep. So, UNLV. UNLV Press loses box. San Diego State transition. transition. UNLV loses to San Diego State 14 to 10. Four straight losses for the Rebels. Uh, four turnovers for the Rebels. Brumfield, Doug Brumfield was back. Looked a little rusty. 17 of 27, 207, two picks in the end zone and a fumble. Are you just reveling in it? Did you watch it? No, no, no. no. I know the alma mater got him, but no, no, not. I'm but like a I hard mean, fought 14 10 victory. Yeah. Like that's some old school football. Yeah, not much. Who needs o. face masks? Not much O, not much O. A lot no. of D, a lot of D, kid. Yeah. That's um, so great. I mean, had you told me while I was attending UNLV that UNLV would hold San Diego State to 14 points. <laughs> There's a chance. I would have just so you're been telling like, me there's a yeah, chance. I would have just been like, Sanchez did it. This is uh, Dougie B's first game back, right? From his concussion. From the concussion and the ankle. Yeah. yeah. Do we blame him for everything? Because I know. No, 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 no. The two picks in the end zone hurt, obviously. Um, one was a deep ball and one was they had, uh, I believe, no, they got a field goal on that, but they were in close and he threw it. Uh, it was a bad throw into the end zone, but you know, a little rust, but amazingly, all the goals are still out there for them. Oh, absolutely. You can still five, go bowling. Still four and five. Yep. Um, Fresno State this Friday. Then they end with Hawaii. Fresno's good, right? Reno. Yes. And okay. their quarterback's back. Jake Hayner's back. So that's going to be a tough one. That's not great. Because yeah. he's been that's out for the be whole season, one. He threw really. He like 435 the other night. That yep. was they against need Hawaii. two wins because you need to get to six, right? You need two wins out okay. of the last Ooh. three. Or if there aren't enough bowl eligible teams, you are good to go with five. Academic <laughs> record matters, people. Go to class. Uh, so the goals and aspirations of <laughs> the Rebels. That's what comes are out of the tiebreakers. Is like there. how many people have like a certain GPA? Does That's it? That's how the I... Gophers got into a bowl game like way before PJ Fleck was around. Was that how they? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they literally will because all of a sudden they had a bowl game for everything because it's a great marketing tool for all the other businesses. It's not really a, a thing for them, but it was like, oh, we get down to the tiebreaker. It's down to academic team GPA. You know, putting that student, uh, student goes first that just in the be athlete. Completely made up as lies. Everything is Ed. That's reality. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was say, reality that is just a lie that? that we all agree on. Pretty it's sure uh, national championship basketball team was given its kids Swahili lessons. <laughs> that <laughs> they were like, "Do you speak Swahili?" No. In the youth tournament, it's got to carry on your birth certificate and your social security card just to prove your kid is who they are. So at that point, I'm sure they got everything ready to prove. And you're not going to go against Minnesota anyway. I mean, I would. I just don't know where they're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're doing all right. College football ain't my forte, but that's okay. As long as uh, Bama loses in dramatic well, fashion, that's all I care about. Did you watch it? I watched the end of it. You I watched saw them the going Brian, for two. I watched, you watched the them Brian, going for two. Brian yep. Kelly. Oh, dude, he had never beaten Saban. What cojones? Oh, yeah. oh my God. Big and cojones. he wins them over, which is like, that's where you go for the big call because there's been so much... You know, is he the right guy? Fake accent, Derek Carr ask, like Ollie, you know, you're just like, why are they doing this with Brian Kelly? Like you can go get somebody else that's a little bit more, you know, a bigger cultural fit. There's nothing more cultural, culturally fitting than going for it on the goal line against Bama and winning. Like that'll endear them for to oh, for him to can forever. You be how beloved he I mean, is oh to my beat God. Saban that way. Oh, absolutely. And Saban's gonna lose sleep over it for months. You probably went recruiting the morning after. There's there is some seven or eighteen year old who it was crying on the way home because oh Saban laid into it. <laughs> who uh who's We're sending our offer? Who's got the better accent? Kelly from the South or me in the Minnesota. Oh, God. 
by a hair. It's Brian Kelly. I just remember when he first got hired and they have like oh. these 360 cams that they do for recruits. Now I remember like, did you see the footage of him with one of the recruits like just dancing around? It was the most oh, awkward did you thing see I've that? ever seen. That was in my very life. awkward. So awkward. I'm like, this guy, how are you supposed to be like, I'm a leader of men. We're all going to get row together. Like it's going to be great. But hey, winning is the answer, right? Uh, you know who didn't win? Number one, Tennessee. Number four, Clemson. And uh, Lindsay's favorite team, number six, Bama. We talked about Brian Will- Kelly going for two. Frauds of Clemson. The Irish, Notre Dame, just kicked their behinds. Really? I loved it. And they got their butts kicked early on in the year, so it's they not. They lost to Marshall. T- they could say, they you know, Stanford. inspired by their victory over the Rebels. That was their get right game. <laughs> that was their get right game. <laughs> like a little chiropractic adjustment. Wait, if hold on, we may need to start tracking this. If every team that beats the Rebels on this four-game oh. losing streak have gone on like there, runs, there's a Danny stat State I, won't lose again. There's yeah. a stat I heard in the NFL yesterday that every team this year that plays the Carolina Panthers loses the week after. So there, there, we could track this. This is a real thing. Loses the week after every single team that plays the Carolina Panthers, whether they win or lose, loses the week. Was following. it Cincinnati who beat them one hundred to nothing yesterday? I don't yes. know. Maybe it's not true. My Bengals through team. yesterday, but it was true through last last week. Right, well, if you're still in your Survivor that. League, I'm not. Check out who. Oh, uh, I should check my fantasy team. See how bad I get my ass kicked. <laughs> I have one, you and one team. I, have, I I I had to drop Ryan Tannehill. You know who my new quarterback is? Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, so that probably worked out. Yeah, I got 35 points. It's a great amount of points to get. Probably the best amount of points that you could get besides Joe Burrow, 46. Am I winning? <laughs> How did no. this segment turn into this? Wait, I am! Yes! Oh you my won? God. I'm, I'm, well, we got one more night here. But, but like, the points work out. Yeah, I'm up by like, oh God, I'm bad at math. Uh, maybe like it 50 should tell points, you right 50, on the numbers no, at a Yahoo just, League. I'm, I'm at two thirty-eight to one sixty-three. Two thirty-eight. Like yeah, I said, she's it's got remember, defensive I got players. In oh, here. okay. All right. Okay. I was going to say two thirty-eight. Why are you so bad? <laughs> I don't know, but I I was getting beat by like two hundred points every week. And then last week I went over my former teammate and roommate Tiff in the greatest uh, fantasy week that was ever played. And now, like, it's, if she was my UNLV, if I'm Notre Dame, you never lose. Never lose. Not anymore. Good for you. Yep. Kevin Hart tickets? No, that would be after Adam Hill. You told me 8.30. The 8.30 well, segment. It is 8.29. The 8.30 segment. It's, it's 8.45. We're giving away Kevin Hart tickets. Right. So be listening <laughs> at 8.30. Avoid the <laughs> fees. Adam Hill. <laughs> These are great tickets to get. They're free. Kevin Hart, a reality t- uh, check tour at 8.45. And Post Malone, I'm going to say, is at 9.45. It's... Because at 9.30, we're going to have Tyler Bischoff. Right. We have Adam Hill next. Yes. From the one-yard line. Yes. High snap, he handles it to give to ATN toward the goal line. Touchdown! A one-yard touchdown run. The signal was given. Touch nine on the play clock. Dropping it to blitz. Trevor fires right corner of the end zone. Caught for the touchdown! Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk for the score! They snap it quickly. He pitches to the right. This is ATN inside the five. Into the end zone! Touchdown! A touchdown run by Travis Etienne, and Jacksonville has taken the lead. Here he is, covers the Raiders, MMA, everything else for the Review Journal, also co-host on Cofield & Company here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Adam Hill. He's up. He got up for us, Lindsay. We're very excited for him. Uh, It's a treat. Yeah, it's a treat that you got up for us. One and only, Mr. Hill. I was watching a documentary until like 7 for a rough one. So you got yourself an hour and a half today. 
Yeah, and I'm going to get another like 35 minutes after this, and then uh, head on over and talk to Josh McDaniel. Oh, that'll be fun. You might be yeah. the only one in the in the media room. Yeah, maybe a couple people, given everyone's flying back from Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting morning. I think they play those things live on the YouTube, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I got to look at that. A lot of audio to cut out. See what he says before we get to them. Uh, you were at UNLV, San Diego State. The uh, alma mater took care of the Rebels, fourteen to ten. People can be mad at that. Wanted to ask you though, uh, Snapdragon, Snapdragon Stadium, the new San Diego State Stadium. You you like to. Uh, uh, evaluate stadiums and how they are. We know earlier in the year with the 150 degree temperatures, it wasn't so good, but not so this time. <laughs> what did you think of Snapdragon? Yeah, it's it, when it's when it's uh, not a thousand degrees outside. Apparently, it's very nice. Right. Uh, I, I like I like a lot of the aspects of it. I mean, obviously, it's it's way too exposed to the sun, but that wasn't an issue. Uh, you know, on on Saturday, uh, there's a lot of really cool seating areas, like different type of you know seating experiences, like. They've got the mini suites and things like that, and uh, some of the full suites. But then they've got like a bunch of uh, loge boxes, which are basically like like mini living rooms. They got about nice. like, twenty of them that are that are really cool. I I like that about the new stadiums, um, where you know there's a couple of T-Mobile, there's some different seating option things. But uh, yeah, and, uh, I, I like when you have like a different uh, way to experience a game, and I think that's important because for so many people, going to the game is becoming. Uh, you know, not the best decision because TVs are so good and, you know, so many other options at home. So I think you have to give people a reason to go besides just going and sitting in like an old stadium seat and the, you know, the new kind of food options that are available too. I think they did a really good job of uh, bringing in a lot of the local uh, restaurants in, in San Diego and letting them, you know, the real popular spots down there, letting them have their, uh, their setups there as well and then different ways to experience that. So I think they did a good job. A lot of UNLV's uh, early success this season was on the back of Doug Brumfield's play. He makes his return after spending some time on the IR with concussion. I mean, a little bit rusty yesterday, but how how confident are you that he's going to be able to reclaim some of that magic he was uh, putting on display earlier this year in the team itself as well? Yeah, I think you saw it starting to come around in the second half. The first half was, I, I would describe the first half of that game Saturday as unwatchable on, on both sides. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. I mean, nobody was doing anything offensively. There was bad decision after bad decision for both teams. And it wasn't even great defense. It was just ugly offense. Uh, but I thought, I thought Brumfield settled in the second half. Uh, the, you know, Rebels still behind 14 nothing. The defense got a couple stops. Uh, the offense scored 14. You know, the offense almost got there, uh, almost got that rally t- together. But uh, settled for a field goal after San Diego State dropped a punt. Uh, and, I mean, the punter was trying to punt, and he just dropped the ball. Uh, and you didn't take advantage of that. I thought that was a, a big mistake, but some mistakes by UNLV, but I, I thought Brumfield started to look better, so I think that's encouraging going forward. Real quick, do they win at least two of their last three to get to a bowl? Well, I don't think they're winning this week. That's Fresno, so, you have to, so you're giving them wins against Hawaii and Reno. Well, I, I, I'm saying it's not going to be two out of three. I think it's going to be can they win two out of the last two. Uh, it's tough. I'm gonna say, I'll say yes. Okay, you're giving them a bowl game. You're yeah. giving them a bowl game. All right, uh, let's get to it then. Um, Twenty-seven twenty yesterday. I want to ask you this to? off the top. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, Frank Reich has just been fired as the uh, Stop head coach what? of the Indianapolis oh Colts. So here they come God. to town. Here, here they come to town with no coach. And uh, I think the I think the line's gone from three to six. So they're six and a half. So Raiders are going to win a game. Uh, were mm. you? <laughs> Okay, uh, let, let's just go over Devontae Adams. We played all his clips later. You know all the quotes. 
Are you okay when this happens, when um, uh, players take the extra step to uh, – I mean, I, I think he called out the coaches some and to say what went wrong there. None of us had a problem with it. Um, I want your thoughts on Devontae Adams and what he said after the game yesterday. I don't have a huge problem with it necessarily. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, after a game there's frustration and, um, and emotion and, and all that. And I, I like players when they speak out more. I mean, I enjoy it. Do, do coaches like it as much as media does? I don't think so. <laughs> um, True. But I, I do. I like when players are honest. And, it, you know, I like when they express themselves. And Devontae pretty much has been, I think, for, for the most part since he's been here. And so I'm not totally surprised that he did it. Now, I will say this. Um, Devontae Adams, nine targets in the first half, nine targets in the second half. I mean, so the, hey, we went away from what was working, uh, you just stopped doing it successfully. And there was a lot of opportunities uh, to get to get Devontae Adams, and even though he was covered much more closely and went many more double teams in the second half, I think it was a lot of missed opportunities. There was times that they went to him and just didn't connect. So I, I, I think you could say, like, hey, we stopped doing what was working, but I think you could also say the players just stopped playing well. I mean, that's part of it, too. And, you know, the, the coach can only call so many plays, and the players have to execute them and make them work. So um, I, I understand what he's saying, and I know that they did try to start establishing the run after they were going ahead. Uh, but that is what this team wants to be. This team wants to be a team that can run the ball. And you opened up, the, you thought you would open up the running game by, by passing is what you did in the first half, and that, you know, then you can run and, and that you can, you know, work on the clock, but also continue to attack with what you've been successful with in the run game. And it just it wasn't working. The, the blocks weren't there. The, the holes weren't there for Josh Jacobs to hit. Uh, I thought the plan should have probably worked, but it didn't. And, the, you know, there wasn't the adjustment that we wanted to see, but um, there was enough blame to go around for everybody. I mean, I think you can criticize the coaching staff and the play calling a little bit, but you can also say, well, there was so many opportunities for players to make plays. And I saw people say, oh, the defense completely collapsed. Okay, fine. But they also got a couple of stops and got you the ball back with a chance to win, and you did nothing. Not, and, and usually, like if you if a team gets the ball down four, you'll see you know at least a couple of first downs, right? I mean, you see a team get soft soft in the coverage, uh, played a little bit of prevent, and you get a couple of first downs, and maybe you don't get the end zone, but at least you move the ball a little bit. They didn't get a first down on either of those two drives where they had the ball, and now that's nine opportunities for the offense where they've had the ball uh, with a chance to to tie or take the lead in the fourth quarter of a game and they have not had the lead at the end of any of those nine drives. Now, that's a little bit misleading because they did score touchdowns twice and go for two and didn't get them. Uh, but you know, So they've got two touchdowns on those drives, but they have not led after any of those nine drives where they've had a chance to take the lead in a game late in the fourth quarter. And so th- there's enough of the players, too, and it's not just the defense, it's not just the offense, it's not just the coaching. There is a lot of blame to go around here. So one of the things that I found kind of curious that Adam said after the uh, after the game was when he was le- when he basically said, "I understand why you and the media keep asking me this question. I'm tired of answering it because I don't have any answers." I think that's the first time I've ever heard an athlete actually acknowledge, "I get why you're asking me, but I'm out of answers." Well, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm, I'm around players a lot, and they kind of say that you know, more than you would think. But I, I, it struck me, too, a little bit, um, just that he was acknowledging, like, I keep answering the same question, and you guys keep, keep, answering, keep asking it, but 
what's changing. I think that's one of the, the biggest part of it. And, and I, I'll say I'll say this also. Usually, if a player says that, we just don't include that in a quote. Like we'll just use the most important part of the quote. Uh, but since this was kind of being uh, streamed and broadcast, people saw it, and so you you know you kind of see those things a little bit. But um, yeah, it's I think it's it goes to the frustration level that everybody's feeling in that locker room. I mean, there's there there this is a team that had high, high expectations that thought they were going to be a lot better uh, for Devontae Adams. This is the first time I saw. Uh, Josh Dubow from AP put this tweet out yesterday. Uh, he went back and looked through his high school career and his college career, and Devontae has never been on a team that's been four games under 500. So you, like, yeah. you understand uh, that there's a lot of frustration there. He just has never gone through this. Yeah, adversity is something that you need to kind of be in constant contact with, and so I can understand how frustrated he he is getting. And I've heard a lot of quotes from from you know McDaniel's from Carr in their press conference about talking about how hard it is or how necessary it is to get everybody doing the uh, the play correctly at the same time. And that unison is just missing so much. And just to kind of expand on on defensively where the Raiders are, because as you mentioned, there's a lot of blame to go around but they're not getting to the QB as much as they should. But to me, what kills them is just beyond the line and getting guys down to the ground after initial contact or in screen passes. But where's the most impactful letdown for you on the defensive side? Well, it's, it's it wasn't as much yesterday, maybe as it has been in the past, but they've not been able to cover line, excuse me, they've been able to cover uh, running backs or tight ends for years. This has been a, a consistent theme of this team. And you saw it again yesterday or last week with, uh, Alvin Kamara getting three three receiving touchdowns. Um, they just have struggled in that area for a long time. And yesterday it was more you know ATN on the ground, uh, but he got he got loose a couple of times as well. And uh, Ingram got a couple of catches, and that's been that's been a big issue. Uh, but yeah, I thought I think they thought they'd be able to get to the quarterback more consistently. I think they thought uh, by bringing in Chandler Jones and pairing with Max Crosby that you would be able to get to the quarterback without having to blitz because. You don't want to blitz because you don't really have the secondary, especially with Dane Hobbs out, to cover uh, if you are blitzing. So, you know, there, that was maybe a flaw in the plan of, hey, we think we're going to be able to get to the quarterback consistently and not ever have to blitz anyone. And you may have to change that because that's not working. Chandler Jones isn't getting to the quarterback consistently. Uh, it's It's been a work in progress for sure. But it also... Look, I think part of this is, you know, people want to be frustrated and look at look at this team, what they did last year, and the fact they made the playoffs and added Devontae Adams, and I think everybody just thought it was going to happen again. You know, Ed knows that my <laughs> consistently, I said, this team is not good. Like, this team is not good enough on paper. Why are you trying to go all in, tear it down, and rebuild? And that's what I thought before the season. And I, I kept saying over and over, why are you pretending like you're a Super Bowl contender? You're not. And and I think that was part of the flaw of of thinking that this team was that close to being really, really good, and they just didn't have the pieces in place. I think they should have gone the other direction. They should have traded a bunch of guys away, got a bunch of draft picks, rebuilt for the future, and, and tried to build up with this administration. And instead, this administration tried to, you know, as, as our special section preview uh, cover said, you know, go all in and push the chips in. And I just didn't think that was the right approach. And I think now they're paying the price for it because if they do try to rebuild now, uh, they they already put themselves a year behind in that rebuilding process. Well, he got up for us this morning. Great stuff as usual. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Hill LVRJ. It's Adam Hill from the Review Journal. You can also hear him co-host Cofield and Company here on ESPN Las Vegas. Get some sleep, my friend.
Are you serious about Frank Reich, by the way? This is ridiculous. They, the they, they have yeah, they they believe go it. To Ellinger, and then now, now they're going to get rid of him. That's great. Idiots. Uh, <laughs> Schefter, Frank Reich is out as head coach of the Colts. Wonderful. You know it's coming from the inside then, too. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yep, see ya. Take care. All right, we have tickets to give away. Finally, Kevin Hart Reality Check Tour, two nights Friday, Saturday, September, excuse me, November 18th and 19th at Resorts World Theater. 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 for Kevin Hart tickets. We're taking caller number seven. All right, Jared, this is your segment. This is Jared's Dumb Questions. What? Jared's Dumb Questions. What? Jared's Dumb Questions. We're down. It's times like this I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. Ah! I regret doing this every time I do it, but yet for some reason, I keep allowing it to happen. Let's see. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. <laughs> you shut up. I-, I love Justice. I think he does a great job. Shout out to Steven from Australia. Yeah, there they you made, go. They made us this, uh, this imaging, and it, is, uh, it has now become a part of the show. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> are you guys know. ready for some dumb questions? Yeah. We've been waiting all morning. We're, well, there's right. only one thing we're waiting for more, and that comes up at 9 o'clock. We'll explain that in a bit. But right now, yes, it's Jared's dumb questions. Okay, so let's start off with uh, an easy one. Gardner Minshew's definitely going to win a Super Bowl ring before Derek Carr, right? Yeah, that tracks. He's currently on an undefeated Eagles team where he <laughs> basically just has to hold a clipboard. I think... Your guy has a much better chance than Derek Carr to win a Super Bowl before. I want to bring him in for a tryout. See how he's slinging it. I mean, that actually, if they took Adam's advice, Gardner Minshew would, wouldn't be a bad <laughs> stopgap, and he would I at agree. least be fun to watch. Think of yeah. the marketing opportunities <laughs> oh, as yeah. well. The jorts <laughs> would be back. I don't know if that would translate very well to our climate here, though. Jorts I mean, in the heat. I don't think he... Uh, my favorite story is that he was carrying around a full bottle of Crown Royal in the waistband of said <laughs> shorts. You've never carried around booze in your waistband before? Not a, like, full... Not in a professional setting, like, at least? I'll, I'll have, like, a hip flask or something, oh, but not, officially. not like a oh, full man. bottle I'll down never, the front of my pants. I'll never forget when my friends <laughs> made me um, sneak in, like, probably a six-pack of beers in my, like, je- just jeans waist belt when I was probably about 19 years old. I have never been so nervous in my life going Where'd through Where'd you security. sneak in? A Twins game. Oh. We needed something to get us through, and those beers, I, I wasn't prepared to pay those prices. And I didn't drink beer. I wasn't even smuggling it in for myself. I was just I was just a mule. For them? For you them. were the mule? I was the you mule. You were Clint Eastwood? I was. I, I don't understand that reference, but I'm going to assume that it's a yes. <laughs> oh, That's the movie. I know Clint at Eastwood some point. is the angry old guy that says, get off my no, lawn that's and the check movie. out my cool car. And uh, Yeah, look at, uh, you need to buy a Chrysler. Yeah. That's the other that's thing true. I know. Uh, trouble with the curve, you can just hear it. Um. Okay, let me get you, you. All right, let me give you the next dumb question. If you had to defuse a bomb, but you could only have a coworker talk you through it. Oh God! No. Oh. Let's keep it confined to uh, the Lotus Broadcasting Corporation, i.e., nine twenty, um, uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas, ESPN Las Vegas. I guess you could throw twelve thirty the game in there, and it's. I guess our music stations, but I don't. Uh, I don't really count them as. 
but you have to <laughs> pick there, one. These are two different takes because you've been here for a while, and I've just met people the last okay. two months. So I it's, think it's the easiest take ever. What is it? It'd be Bischoff. He'd have the analytics of he'd that make bomb. He'd fun of you. But he'd have the numbers down to the exact second when you could diffuse it and the analytics, the DVOA, and all the craziness of that bomb. But what if you drop a, a screw second. or something? He's going to well, absolutely lay into you. And then you're well, going to lose your confidence. if I drop a screw, I'm probably dead. Because I, I think the I think the thing yeah. blows. Are we just talking about cutting wires? Is that is that the bit? I think you you're on a headset and someone else has the manual. Oh, they're not in the place with no, us either. No, you're on a headset. Oh dear God! And they're talking you through. Okay, you need to identify. Do you oh. see this module? Huh. You need to remove. Uh, I might change because he'd be so he'd be so. Uh, he would not be condescending. About it. He, yeah. would. he would. He would condescending be condescendingly and he'd be so specific instead it. of just saying cut the yellow one. Right. He'd have to work up to cut the yellow one by giving me all these stats and it'd blow up. Inches away yeah. from your exactly. Line. Yeah, I didn't think 100%. I didn't face the bomb northeast. I didn't know he wasn't <laughs> not in my in the room to where he no. could like point stuff oh, out. Oh God. Oh, he'd probably be the worst then. I go with one of the engineers probably. I don't know. Jamie and I got off to a rough foot because I had a soda pop in the in the studio when I first met him, and so that was soda wasn't great. pop. Yeah. Actually, Jamie, <laughs> that's a pop. Jamie, the engineer, is I actually a really no, good. No, I know it's great. My yeah. Jamie or Kevin, or Kevin would yeah. be really good. Except I'm afraid Kevin would start making jokes, and it'd be like, "Dude, there's eight seconds left on the timer. You gotta get me there faster." Yeah, I need somebody with like a positive mindset, and so I like Kevin Millsy. I don't know if Millsy, but Millsy. He's pretty know. positive. You would just have to talk about the Golden Knights the entire time. I know, but I feel like there's a lot of unsaid knowledge in that man, and I just feel like I haven't had a, enough time to really, you know, get to know him to that point where we could have that Spidey sense connection, you know. Jared, who would you pick? I mean, honestly, if it's for calmness, it'd probably be you, except oh, for... I would, it, but except, then, uh, but we're, then we're I'm going to cry We're not going to survive. We're not surviving. It's going to blow up, but we'd have a hell of a time. Why not me? I mean, I think there's a certain level of trust that we're oh, okay. we have so it like. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure. Well, there's also the every once in a while the which button do I push? Oh, You're true. supposed to be telling me, Lindsay. That's true. That's the true. calmness on deadline might help help out, but then I'd have to actually just know how to do it. You and have to then actually know just, things. Yeah. I'd have to know. I'd, yeah, I'd have to actually know things. I just, I, I would rather be calm before I right. died rather than like, what's the answer? Bishop, why are you giving me these numbers? <laughs> I said, pick the every third wire and cut it in a diagonal. How is this By not clear? 45 degrees angle hole, 45 degrees. Just, uh, oh God. We need to ask him that whenever we get him on the phone, if we get he him on the phone. He'd choose himself. Facts. He'd like, he choose himself. He wouldn't choose None. anyone else. Tyler Bischoff, he would take himself.